What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm going to kick off the Arizona Small Ball Spring Tour by doing a deep dive on Arizona Lutheran Academy. Now, here's the thing. I want to make sure that you guys understand the Arizona Small Ball Spring Tour and the layout. We talked about it last podcast. There's We want to get out to a bunch of schools and visit the campus and hang out with the coaches and just get to know more about the program. But we can't visit schools every single week. On those weeks that we can't visit schools, we're going to do deep dives on playoff teams. We're going to talk about high points, low points in the season. We'll talk about everybody that they're losing, who they return, how we thought they were going to do in the season versus how they did. So we're super excited about it, man. Now, here's the thing. Reyes, your other host, is not here with me today. So um, if you guys want to give him a hard time, go ahead and give him a hard time. But I'm super excited. He's actually he's out with his family eating dinner. I mean, come on. Right, what's more important? Arizona small ball or eating dinner with your family? I think you guys all know the answer to that question. So I'm excited to do this deep dive with you guys. If you're just joining us for the first time, number one, I don't know where you've been at, but usually uh, my boy Reyes is here with me. So it's a little bit of a different setup here, but it's all good, man. We're going to talk about some ALA and we're going to talk about some Arizona small ball. Now, before we get into our episode, I want to remind you guys about our Arizona Small Ball Senior Showcase. It's happening April the 15th at Florence High School, and there's just, we've already got a ton of commitments to come play in that game. We're going to have a dunk contest, a three-point contest, and then we're going to have a senior game. And, I mean, I'm getting really pumped about some of these kids that have already committed. I've heard through the grapevine that we have the best dunker in Arizona small ball coming. And uh, I'm not going to release names yet, but I'm probably going to release a graphic here in the next few days uh, with uh, the players that have already committed. But reserve that day. It's at Florence High School. The dunk contest is going to be at 3 p.m. Uh, or the three-point contest is going to be at 3 p.m. The dunk contest is going to be at 4 p.m. And then uh, the... The senior game is going to be at 5.30 p.m. So we're super excited to just honor these seniors one last time. You know, the season's not over yet. You still got one game left. So get some work in and get going with that. Here's the thing, man. I'm going to be honest with you guys on ALA. And if you've been tuning into the pod every single week, you know this. I kind of massively overlooked ALA. I was super surprised when ALA ended up being as good as they are. When I watched them play for the first time, I think it was when they played against, I think the first time I saw them play this season was when they played against Pima. It was the second game of the season for them. I thought, okay, they look they look a lot better than, than what I thought they were going to be. Just to put some perspective on here, right, we released our preseason top 10. And we released that on November the 2nd, which is crazy, dude. Like, it seems like the season just started. I had ALA ranked number 10. And this is a little bit of, you know, behind the scenes for you guys. I literally told Reyes that I didn't want to put ALA in the top 10, which I know some of you ALA fans are like, bro, what are you thinking? But I, I really felt like they lost so much from last year, you know? Uh, last year they had some great scoring and they had some like great size and length and they graduated a lot of really great players from last year. Uh, just some notable players that they did graduate from last year and it didn't really matter because they got so much better. 
Uh, but they did graduate. I mean, the biggest one that they graduated was uh, Tanner Plitzewhite. Uh, but they graduated. Uh, they had a lot of seniors that just had like some some impact. Like didn't fill up the the stat sheet, but like all across the board. But they were just big bodies, and they knew how to play. Uh, Draper's older brother graduated, who was averaging like thirteen points per game, and he's putting up some rebounds and stuff too. So they did lose. They lost two key players in Platu in, in Plitzewhite and in Draper, but. You know, I, I just anticipated that, I mean, all these kids were super young, man, and I didn't think that they were going to make a huge jump. Reyes does like to give me a hard time, and even though he's not here, I'm going to show him some love here. Reyes did tell me from the jump that he thought ALA was going to be way better than what I anticipated. And, I mean, he was he was 100% right. He had them ranked number seven, and uh, I tried to bully him out of it, but that didn't work. ALA ended the season 21-8. and eight. 11 and 1 overall ended up winning their region and they were way better this year than they were last year. And and you know what's so funny and I'm just going off the top of my head here with like how they've improved. If you look at the team stats from last year's team to this year's team in ALA, they are actually still statistically they were better last year than they were this year. But they ended up going way farther and just competing way better, you know. So I really I really like how ALA improved throughout the year. And and here's the other thing I want to say too. You know, ALA finishes 21 and 8. They lose in the final four uh to a really good um like awesome Pima team at, who goes on to win the championship. That game was 41 to 53. I don't think anybody could have anticipated the massive jump that Steph Ironshell and uh, Luis were going to make. I mean, the jump is crazy, dude. And you guys know this. Like, if you're a coach and you've been coaching for any amount of time, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but this has been my big experience, is the biggest jump that kids have is sophomore to junior year. Sophomore to junior year, I always have big expectations for kids that they're gonna they're just gonna get bigger, stronger, more athletic. They get more confident. You know, everything just kind of goes in that trend if they're working on their game. But from freshman to sophomore year, Steph Ironshell last year averaged like seven points a game. Y'all, he's averaging twenty points per game now, and I mean he's, I he was he was the kid, he was the guy, he was him for ALA. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to beat a dead drum with this, but so many shots that I saw Steph Ironshell take and make were extremely impressive. I mean, the fact that he is only a sophomore doing the things that he did this season is super exciting, and I really, I can't wait to see what he, what jump he takes from sophomore to junior year. You know, I follow him on Instagram, and I still see him. I, yeah, he's already been playing in tournaments, you know what I mean? So the kid's a gym rat. He's always in the gym. He's going to get better. And then also kind of like the the Robin to his Batman is Luis Guerrero. And he previously averaged like eight points per game, and now he's at 12 points per game. He made a big jump. He's averaging four assists per game. And I really liked how they played together. They were a really good one-two punch. It's funny. We played against ALA early on in the season in the Pepsi tournament. And we threw some junk at uh, ALA, and they struggled with it. But Luis wasn't playing. 
if Luis was playing, we would have had to come out of that junk like immediately because, you know, they, they I mean, they're tough, man, especially with him. They just they're very confident kids lightning quick. I'm excited to see him coming into his senior year because he is a year older than Steph. But I really liked how he played and and just really cool, man. And, and the, the awesome thing with, to me that that says about ALA is just how they develop kids. That's why they're one of the premier programs in the two-way. For all of you coaches listening to this, if you're having a summer league or you're having some type of a fall league, I don't even think there's many spring leagues. I don't think that there, there's those. But if, if you have those, whatever, ALA is a team that you want on there because of their competitiveness. And, I mean, they lost in the Final Four to Pima. And, I mean, I thought that if they would have pressured Pima the whole game, that game would have been a little bit closer. I still think Pima wins, but it, it would have been a lot closer. So, man, it, and this is me speaking as a coach, dude. Like, if I'm ALA, dude, they have, they're loaded with guards. Uh, let's just, let's talk about this, okay? Let's look at who they lose this year and then kind of, like, looking forward to what that means for next year. So, who do they lose this year? They lose um, Bode who averaged six points per game, uh, three rebounds per game, um, three assists per game. So so they lose him. Um, they lose Vaughn, who averaged uh, not a lot, doesn't look like a massive impact player. And then they do graduate their big in Peltzer, uh, who averaged five points per game, five rebounds. Uh, you know, those are his main things that he did. Now, here's the thing. He might not fill up the stat sheet, but he really helps with ALA's size. So I guess the main thing that ALA is losing is their big kid in 32. But, y'all, I want you to know this. They return everybody else. Luis is coming back, right? Steph is coming back. Uh, Draper is coming back as a senior. Like, dude, this team is going to be stacked. In this preseason poll that we did, I had ALA at 10. Can I get crazy? I think if we did a way too early preseason top 10 poll for the 2A right now, I'm having them at least, I'm having them three or four. I mean, yeah, I mean, those they should be up there. They're returning everybody. And with all those guards that they're returning, I think that a, a super important, if I'm a coach, if I'm Coach Meyer from ALA, dude, I am working on some pressure defense all summer long because they are going to lose a little bit of size. They're strong, you know, and they're really good rebounders, but they do lose some size. When they play against those teams that have that massive size, you know, your advantage is your quickness. Your advantage is how great defensively your guards are on the ball and flying around. I mean, if I'm Coach Meyer and I'm ALA, dude, I'm working on pressure defenses like crazy. I'm working on just a man, full-court press. I'm working on, you know, a run and jump maybe, especially because some of these kids are still pretty young, you know? I mean, they're – I don't know. a lot of You got a lot of sophomores on here. So I'm working on, on diamond, just everything to switch it up. You know, three-quarter court presses, maybe you do some trapping in the half court. And, uh, you know, it actually makes me think of this – this past summer, we did a podcast episode with a college coach where he broke down pressure defenses and how they do it at, at their college. And I it was really good. He talks about the 2 2 1 a lot. And then he talks about men and switching it up and the benefits of pressing versus not pressing. If you're interested in that, go check it out. It's great content. Uh, I think, let me see, I want to give you the exact name of it if you want to go check it out. Uh, it was with Coach Crutchfield. It was Coach's Corner with Coach Crutchfield. 
and he was freaking awesome, man. And it was he had some great stuff and great insight into pressure defense. So it was super cool. But if I'm Coach Meyer and I'm ALA, dude, I'm going all in into the pressure stuff with these guards that can shoot, that can go out, get out in transition. They're skilled. They can finish. I mean, I don't know, dude. They're scary, you know. I mean, and I'm and I'm doing this way too early too. I'm picking them to win the region again next year. I think you'd be kind of crazy to not pick them right now. I mean, they're my favorite to win the region. Trivium's going to have something to say about that. You know, Coach Randall's probably listening to this, and, he, and the Trivium kids are like, I don't know about that. I love it, though. It's great. You know, like, they're they're the ones on top right now, and they got to get taken down. But, again, these younger kids are going to take a massive jump. So they got a lot coming back. So they're ones that are going to, you know, they're not satisfied with making it to the Final Four. They want to try to get even further than that. Thinking back to their season, since we're doing a deep dive on on their season, you know, let's look at like high points, low points of the season. Okay, so I think a huge low point in the season is actually when they on uh, it was January sixth when they played NFL yet. They won that game and it was away. It was at NFL yet, but they won that game seventy to sixty eight. Like. If we're being honest, NFL yet had had one really legit kid who was averaging like 30 a game at one point. Like, uh, I forget his name. I'm going to say it right now because I, I don't want to, like, do that where I say they had this kid and I don't say what his name was. But they had David Jackson, who ended the season averaging 27 points per game. I mean, the kid's like a grown man. If you've never seen highlights of this kid playing, like, he's legit. And um, I know that we're doing this this deep dive on ALA but I'm just curious right now as to um, where he's at, like what year he is. He's a senior, so yeah, like he's done with that. But I think that was a low point in the season because if we're being honest, NFL yet should not have competed even close with ALA. I think if I remember right in that game, he went off and he had, I think he had, I don't want to say 50. Actually, let me see if I can find this really quick because this is what kind of put this kid on the map for me. And I was really interested in him after this because I was shocked at how well he did against them. Um, let me go back and find this. Um, he had 34 points. In that, no, that was Heritage. He had um, – no, I, I, he didn't have a ton there. I think it was leading up to that game he had a ton, but he had 40, 42, 38. I mean, the kid was going off. And that was really all NFL yet had. I didn't think that ALA – I, LA should have blown this team out, you know? And, I mean, teams have bad nights or whatever, and I think that's all that that was. But when I saw that, I was kind of iffy about it, you know? Um, so I think a, a big – it's funny. I'm going to be opposite here. A big low point in the season was their two-point win over NFL yet. Now, the high point of their season, and, you know, I'm really talking as a coach right here, was their overtime loss to Rancho at Rancho 58-49. to Gosh, that was such a great game, man. I, I loved that game. It was awesome. But the reason why I feel like that was a huge high point in the season for Rancho, I'm going to say this too, sometimes the best thing for your squad to do is to lose to a team. That's just sometimes the best thing for you to do. And they were right there to beat Rancho. And I don't remember when the last time it was that ALA ever beat Rancho, but from that point on in the season, minus the the loss to Trivium Prep at Trivium Prep, that you know that that Sam hit that awesome buzzer beater 
to win that rivalry game, which was super cool. But aside from that game, they rolled. And I felt like after they competed against Rancho like that, they really had that confidence in them that they could go and do something really good because Rancho's one of the premier teams in the 2A. Even though they weren't as talented or as good as they have been in the past, they're still one of the premier teams. I'll never forget COVID, you know, like – uh, that COVID year, we had an extra game, and our head coach scheduled Rancho to for us to go play Rancho. And I will never forget all the kids. Like, you would have thought that we were taking them to Disneyland, you know, but we walked in the gym, and we said, hey, so we got, like, this extra game, and it looks like it'll work out. Do you guys want to play Rancho? And they were all like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, you know, like, going crazy. And they were super excited, you know, and it's like there's certain programs where they have that pedigree, and Rancho was one of them. I think Royce Ramos was a sophomore at that time, but he didn't even play. But it was like Noev Vargas, um, Punches. I think No, it wasn't Punches. He had just graduated. Um, but, but they had, like, those core of kids right there. And, like, we were just super pumped about it. And I'm sure that, like, ALA, don't matter how good they are, Going in and being this close to beating Rancho, you know, being like like a couple shots away from beating Rancho, I felt like it really helped their confidence. And they move on, and they only lost one more time in the regular season to Trivium, to that buzzer beater. But, I mean, this is another thing I'm saying. Look, they play NFL yet. Two weeks later after that, or a week later after that, they beat NFL yet 86-45, to 45, y'all. 86-45. to 45. And that's the way that score spread should have been the first time. But... I feel like a high point for them was losing to Rancho because I feel like it really spurred them on and it gave them a lot. And then obviously they go in into the playoffs and they beat Rancho. They beat Ariti Prep first. They go to Rancho. They beat Rancho 60-51 to 51 was at that game. It was a great game. And then they obviously lose to Pima. But I felt like those are the high points and low points in their season. Now with all their kids coming back, and, you know, obviously Coach Meyer's still at the helm unless there's something I don't know about, but I, I seriously doubt that. With all of these kids coming back, I'm going to – can I put myself on the hot seat? <laughs> He's heating up. Oh, that's funny. I've, this is probably the first and last time that I'll put myself on the hot seat. But where is ALA going to end up next season? You know, do I see them getting back to the Final Four? Do I see them getting even further than that? It's really interesting, man. Because obviously Santan Charter is going to come back hungrier than ever. I, I would be shocked if we didn't see at least a Final Four appearance by Santan Charter. I'm expecting a championship appearance from Santan Charter. But, I mean... It would be really hard to bet against ALA. Like, extremely hard to bet against them. They're going to have a chance, depending on their seeding and who they get matched up with, they're going to have a really good chance to make it all the way back into the Final Four, potentially into the championship. Let's call it what it is, right? Pima's going to be down a little bit next year. You know, they're going to lose a lot. They're still going to have some great players, but I think they're going to be right back. They have a really good JV middle school squad you know, or like JV, like they're going to be back. But I think they're going to have not as a competitive year. Like I don't think they're going to play Valley and lose by two is what I'm saying. They're still going to be competitive and good, probably still a playoff team. You know, how could you count them out of the playoffs? But they're going to be down a little bit. 
Phoenix Christian's going to come back hungry. I mean, hungry, dude. I already talked to Coach Dreisick, and and he's talked about how it stings that they lost, and that's normal, you know, but they're going to come back hungrier than ever again. Sometimes the best thing for you to do is to lose. Highland Prep, I mean, come on, y'all. That's a championship-level program, you know. I already mentioned Santan Charter. ALA is going to be right there in the mix. Rancho's going to be better next year. I mean, those guards improve so much throughout the year. So I'm really excited about ALA. I'm kind of dancing around my own Hatsi question, which is funny. Uh, I'm going to say that ALA makes it back to the Final Four uh, next season. I think I think that they could for sure overperform that. They could underperform it. I think it massively depends on who they get matched up in the seeding-wise. But they're a contender instantly. You know, I love their squad and where they're at, where they're headed. And, I mean, even the fact that they were so close with Pima, I mean, I think that is – Pima started to pull away a little bit. But, again, man, I think if they if they pressure, if they dog that team full court, they have a better chance to compete against a team like that. So uh, let's look at their region really quick because in their region next season, I'm pretty sure I already know. Obviously, you have Trivium, who's going to be someone who they're, they're going to have to look out for in their region. But I'm curious if there's any other teams in their region that are are of note, you know, that that could actually challenge and not just a trivium prep. Right? So they got in their in their region in the West, Heritage, Kingman, Mojave, NFL Yet, St. John Paul, and Trivium. I still feel like their best challenge is Trivium. You could throw in a Mojave and a Kingman in there, but I think NFL Yet's going to be down. But I don't know, dude. Who knows? NFL Yet gets these kids. I mean, last year they had Chris Floyd, you know? Like, they they get these kids in there that can just score like crazy, man. So, I I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But all in all, I still pick ALA to win the West region next year. Y'all are going to have to hold me to this because sometimes we like to change what we said because we think you guys forget about it a little bit. But uh really, really like ALA and and their whole their whole vibe moving forward. I think there's a lot set up. They did a lot this year when they were really young and they returned all of those core players. So let's talk about, in my mind, one of the biggest things that they need to improve on for next season. And, and here's the thing: I think if, if they can improve on this one aspect of their of their team. I could see them going further than the final four. To me, it's shooting from from behind the arc. As a team, they shot 33%, which is maybe you hear that and you're like, ah, that's that's not bad. Uh, This is not great, you know? And if you think about, just think about this, right? So they really only have, ALA has three kids that are shooting above 30%. The rest are 28, 15 13%, 21%, you know, like, like 10 per, well, like 10%. He only took, he only took uh, six shots. I won't even count him. Um, But I'm just, 17%, you know, Steph Ironshaw was 44% from three, y'all. Yeesh, that's tough, dude. He shot 218 threes. He's 44%. Uh, and then Luis was 36%, and Noah Draper's 34%. Noah Draper's their big. So I, I still feel like these kids need to massively improve their shooting. You know, 28% as a guard on ALA is not going to cut it from three. 13% is not going to cut it. If you want to go, like, 
back to the Final Four or further than that, right? 15%, 21%. I could go on. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just, there needs to be more shooting than just those three kids. And, I mean, the nice thing about Steph is he's not streaky. I mean, the kid can shoot. But we always say this as coaches, and, I mean, if you've been coaching basketball for any amount of time, I mean, you know this, shooting covers a multitude of mistakes. When I was coaching over in Memphis, uh, we used to coach, or we used to play against this team, Fayette Academy. And, dude, those kids, y'all, I'm telling you, they could shoot. Like, every, and I know this isn't true, like, if, if you told me I had to guess what their each kid percentage was, I'd guess that each kid was, like, above 40% from shoot. Like, every single kid on the court. And, of course, they're, like, little kids. You know, they're real small, like little white kids. But, like, I, I just, uh, every year we play against them. And, you know, the game in Tennessee is, a, and then especially in Memphis, is, is slower, you know. Like, we had bigs, like really big bigs. Uh, we it was like we'd slow down, punch the ball inside, you know, stuff like that. This team wasn't like that. They didn't have a big, and they just run and gun. It was like res ball, you know. But they could all shoot. And I remember just talking to the coach one day, and I'm like, dude, like, y'all kids can shoot, man. And he was like, hey, we we can't do a lot of other things good, but but we can shoot, and that covers a lot of mistakes, you know. Which is so true, like you might have a bad pass or you might have a broken play where you don't execute your offense, but if it gets into the hands of your kid and he's semi-open and he's like, hey, I can just shoot it, and he drains it, I mean, that it's like, oh, sweet, just how we drew it up, you know? I think that ALA, all of their supporting cast, I'm not talking about Draper, I'm not talking about Steph, I'm not talking about Luis, I'm talking about all their supporting cast. They've got to get in the gym, and it should be their goal to, to make, I'm not saying shoot, I'm saying make however many thousand shots in the summertime, uh, however many thousand threes. Like, they, that's just, that's got to be, like, a non-negotiable for them. If their percentages can go up into the 34 35% that's supporting cast, and I would imagine that Steph's percentage is going to drop next year. I don't think he's shooting 44% from three again. Teams are going to hone in on him better. You know, this is always a, how it is in your junior year. But I think if they can all that supporting cast get up to that 35, 34% shooting range from behind the arc, this team could do some really big damage. Cause you're looking at a team with high motors, they're dogs. They run great sets with coach Meyer. They've got their guy who can finish and close games. They've got rebounding. They've got their big and Draper. And then if they can, on top of all those things, just all shoot the ball. I mean, this team's going to be tough. So that's my biggest challenge, I think, for ALA. Let me know if you think there's another challenge or if I'm way off and you're like, bro, these kids can shoot way better than what you think, like you're crazy. But I think that's the biggest thing uh, that I can see with them, you know. So I really love this team. I have said that already many times. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Coach Meyer can do. I'm looking forward to Steph. I mean, come on now. This kid went off. The jump that he made from 7 to 20 points per game now between his freshman and sophomore years is stunning it's awesome so i know he's going to get in the weight room and get bigger so he can get to the lane a little bit more so uh, i'm excited about that and uh yeah this is our first deep dive or my first deep dive in the arizona small ball tour in the spring tour we're going to do a, another deep dive on thatcher but that one is going in the patreon so if you're not subscribed to the patreon go check it out and we'll catch you guys next week